You're listening to the dollar. Daddy group. We meet up at the park every week. We're just at the beginning Hang of the out, intro. Talk about our doodles. Nightmare. Labradoodles. This is. Uh, anyway, you're listening to the doll. Uh, on the All Things Comedy Network. Um, I am. Uh, this is a. What? This is a. I am a guy. No. This is a bi-weekly, bilingual, some play on that, or once a week, American History Podcast. I'm a... Nope. We've done it a lot. This is a biracial... Nope. It's a biracial American History Podcast. We're getting warmer. He's... He's... His people are from... Wales and minor part Casper Ireland so it's biracial um, American History Podcast each week I Dakota Soul Drinker guy who does all the work <laughs> shots fired bike <laughs> bike bicycle commuter Great, that helps. Dave Anthony reads a story from American history to his friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. It's about... It's about love. And proper use of prepositions. Yeah, they still, I still... I get that all the time, the people with the prepositions. Well, we were just sitting there, just like, what should we say? It was just like, we'll just say that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, then that was wrong, people. like everything else we do. Yeah. yeah. We got bigger fish to fry than grammar right now. I disagree. Okay. Eighteen forty. That was a very up and out. He was born? In 1840, maybe. He was maybe born in 1840. Around 1840. Is this about Waldo? We really have no idea when he was born. Who is he? His real name is unknown. What the? That's going to be hard to latch my teeth into. But he started early on calling himself Hubert Hamilton. Okay. shows you would think maybe like some food's disagreeing with someone but at our show it means they know the topic
You mean he and she? He, well, they have names, but I, I didn't put them in here because who cares? Okay. But the so guy was banging his uh, parlor maid like he did. It's just common. Right. Yeah. Sure. Just work. Um, so this is in Scotland. He uh, he began passing himself off as a wealthy Scottish landowner. The, the kid did. Hubert. Hubert. Okay. Starts passing himself off. 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 Uh, we, there's some good beer <laughs> in the green room. Uh, so he, start, he starts passing himself off as a wealthy Scottish landowner in 1869, calling himself Lord Glencairn. Lord Glencairn. Cairn. Lord Glencairn. Okay. So he. Right. Okay. That's so his new, that's what he's going by. Right. So we've he, got Mick Trump. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he employed a young valet. Uh, to help with the ruse, right? So he's got a young valet following him around. Now, a valet in the 1840s is um, just bringing your suitcases and stuff, right? It's a boy, yeah. It's a boy. (laughs) Congrats. That's huge. I got the cigars. It's a boy. He carries things and helps out with Right. He's not parallel parking anything. But he's he's like, like, I think, I don't know. He's probably not tall enough to dress you, but uh, they did. I'd like things. him to dress me if he could. Uh, someone should. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. That was like having a Costello. <laughs> uh, uh, valets at this time in Scotland were also sometimes called a gentleman's tiger. Uh, have you seen my gentleman's tiger? He's my tiger, he's a gentleman. He's got my luggage. He's a wee one. He's a tiny little boy. He's a tiny tiger. Tiny tiger. Tony's his name. (laughs) Tiny Tony Tiger. Gentleman Valley. Just made a new show. (laughs) So Lord Glencairn uh, kept his valet boy, quote, dressed in buckskin breeches. Long boots, blue coat with gilt buttons. Gilt buttons? <laughs> oh, I couldn't button them. They never shut up. <laughs> never hear the end of that. Just, just means gold. <laughs> and he had an immense cockade upon his hat. An immense cockade? I don't even know what I'm that just is. obviously picturing like a huge flaccid dildo just Yeah, that's what it was. Just a giant dick. My valet! The gentleman tiger! Scotch Lord. noise cock! Hello! Oh bloody neck! It's heavy! It's a heavy one! Oh. He pays me to shake it. So the cockade in Great Britain denoted that his master holds a commission under the sovereign. Sure. The fucking fancy thing. I have a title. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Lord Glencairn started a friendship with a wealthy Scottish clergyman named Mr. Simpson. Okay. Uh, using Simpson, he met other rich people and expanded into a larger network. Okay. He then managed to establish credit with jewelers in Edinburgh and London. Okay. And Lord Glencairn would make his uh, small requests from people and then gain their trust. He'd make a small request? He'd make small requests from people. He'd be like, oh, may I 
Son, could I have a glass of water? Ah, <laughs> oh, he's a nice one. You're my best friend. Yeah. That's nice of you. Okay. All right, interesting. Um, Not much of a grift, but okay. And then he would slowly increase the size of his requests. <laughs> interesting. Once he had someone's trust, he would use them as a reference to gain the trust of other wealthy people. Yeah. Networking. So, yeah, networking. Yeah. Then around 1870, Lord Glencairn vanished and left behind around $100,000 in debts. Mm. Which back then is fucking... A lot. More. Yeah, it's like two, it's $200,000 in today's money. At least. At least. You know, around there. Uh, okay, so then he disappeared. But he never existed, so it's... That's right. Right. So in 1871... What about the Gentleman Tiger? Dead. No! Got so attached. He, he, he killed him and ate him. Tiger's not bad. In 1871, the former Lord Glen Cairn, once known as Hubert Hamilton, appeared in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Wow, okay. That's right, that's you guys. You guys come in. Uh, he didn't come storming into town as a bigwig. He, he rolled in kind of subtly and tried to act like he was trying to, you know, hide himself a bit. He acted like he was trying yeah, to Yeah, he himself. wasn't trying to, like, come in and, like, make a big show. He was trying to roll into town and right. just stay in the hotel. Okay. Um, he's talking to uh, someone, and he uh, he subtly let it slip out that he, he was... Uh, the heir of the great Earls of Gordon, cousin of the Campbells, collateral relative of Lord Byron, descendant of the bold Alochnabar and the ancient kings of the Highlanders. Sure. Sure. Some people name drop. That just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Um, oh, me? <laughs> oh, not much. Just lamenting the fact that I've got heavy as the, uh, heavy as the crown, isn't it? Big good lord, quite a history I've got. Anyway, I shouldn't talk about it. I'm a prince, but, I mean, you know, it's like, I'm just tired of carrying money around. He was now calling himself Lord Gordon Gordon. Lord Gordon. <laughs> uh-huh. And a bit of a double Gordon. The Gordons are nice, they named me twice. Hello, I'm the heir to some Asian fortune. Where's me tiger? And everyone in town pretty quickly knew that he had an income of over $1 million a year. Well, how did they know that? I mean, that's tough. Surely they can't research this made-up man. He had casually mentioned it. He, so he... Okay, interesting. It's interesting how that goes. Okay. Casually, casually mentioned it to someone, and then all of a sudden everyone knew it. Oh, the people gossip. Yeah. Yeah. To make sure everyone knew that he was real, he put $40,000 in a Minneapolis bank. Okay. Like, that that's mean... a huge deposit back then. Yeah. And he's like, look! Right. Yeah. I got fucking money. Right. And of course, really? of the, course. Ba- the bank back then was like, he put 40000 in! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. You didn't have that sort of... Everyone they didn't just, take the oath back then. No, there was right. no... Everyone was just standing on the street. Banker client. 40 grand! Yeah. This guy! <laughs> oh, please, stop talking about it. It doesn't define me. What does define you? Well, I've always wanted to write a music. There's no 
Where's the gentleman tiger? What the hell? So, um, the word of the filthy, uh, filthy, the wealthy foreigner quickly spreads uh, through Minnesota. Okay. So he's not exactly hiding his presence. Uh, Gordon Gordon is... Gordon Gordon? What? I, I, I'm, I what admit, is he doing? When I wrote this, I was like, do I call him Gordon? No, I call him Gordon Gordon. You call him Gordon Gordon? How is that? Like, that shows no forethought. Like, he never thought about what he was going to name himself. That's like what they... You know, that's like a trope in a movie. What's your name? Uh, exit, exit sign. Hello. Uh, Gordon... the name Gordon was so great and held so much weight that he sure so really trailed off there uh, a description of him he's slender about 5 feet 10 inches and quote dressed with the greatest care usually wearing gloves sure patent leathers and a silk hat nice okay sure his hands were frequently manicured, and his hair was... Well, why is he wearing these gloves? Show them off! Gets, gets, gets the manicure, puts them in gloves. But who's that for? Keep them tight. Well, for his... Get him out there! Let me see him. For his gentleman Give tiger. me the show! No! No! You're spending all that time... Yeah, show me the shit. Give it to me. You stop, but he should... In the hypothetical situation... No. Sure, what... Anyone thinks it's um, His hair was brushed as smooth as curly hair could be. Okay. Uh, he was said to be exceedingly self-poised, calm, articulate, and very deliberate in his speech. Aren't most con men? Uh, yeah, right. but we don't know he's a con man. Right. He's just a guy who came to town. Sure. Yeah, a guy. Yeah, Gordon. So, Gordon. so obviously this is obviously this is a bit of a rare thing in the U.S., particularly in uh, Minnesota. Uh, no offense, but he stood out like a fancy man. Obviously, so he came with him with letters of introduction, which is what you did back then. You rolled into town, and you're, and you're like, "Bob says I'm great." And wow! I was like fucking what a- Bob. Oh, that's better. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's just simple. It's just yeah. like, here, people liked me in the other place. I'm better than uh, you'll like it. I'm an upgrade. And then you have no letters, and people are like, this thing sucks. Whoa. This you dude's hiding letters. Came to Minneapolis. Yeah. Letters. Like a friend resume? A friend resume would be great. A resume? Okay, interesting. Oh, I know Dan. He was awesome. Interesting. Okay, well, I'll be in touch. Uh, I like what I see. I loved your read. Uh, really good. It's a lot of inside. People in Hollywood are that like, oh, that makes sense. But, oh, yeah, you're, you're dying. Um, so he had, he had uh, letters of introduction from famous English noblemen and prominent English officials. Sure, yeah. Well, Gordon, Gordon, I mean, yeah, of course. And I'm sure these are all real for sure. Yep. Yep. Okay. Quote, he became a lion in the city. He was received on all sides with the greatest delight and deference. Okay. Starts so getting invited everywhere, uh, but, but accepted very few invitations. Right, interesting. Um, they held great banquets in his honor. Okay. One of the most important people Gordon Gordon met was Colonel Saint uh, John S. Loomis, the land commissioner of the Northern Pacific Railroad. Okay. 
Loomis had sought out wealthy, uh, a wealthy newcomer, uh, this wealthy newcomer when he heard about him. Gordon told everyone he was interested in buying up to 500,000 acres of railroad land in Minnesota if possible. Okay. So, so if the railroad's got, you know, that much land, 500,000 acres, as I'm sure they did. Um, then he was like, I, I would like that. I would like to buy that. Okay, so it's enticing that he's going to buy 500000 I mean, it's not bad. That's right. pretty, pretty cool. And surely that's a good amount of money. But he did put 40000 in the bank, so he has it. I mean, yeah, he yeah, sure has good, it. He's good for it. He put forty grand in the bank. We have that. So, And he's got these letters from people that are real. So, Right. Yeah. So, so it turns out that uh, Lord Gordon Gordon said he wanted to resettle tenants from his overcrowded Scottish estates oh, to Minnesota. Yeah, right. Okay. And well, as we all know from the history of Minnesota, that happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the great Scottish-Minnesota exchange program. Yeah. The Scots just straight up came here. <laughs> and also, it was very common for um, really rich lords to pay for people to go to other countries and yeah, resell. No, like, for yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I'll pay for yeah, everything. Yeah. Instead of like, uh, no, get the fuck off my land. Um, and this, We're going to build a wall, keep the Scots on. <laughs> Lift us over, you bloody wall. Shit. They're hammered. They're eating through the fucking brick, Ted. We have plenty crazy. Plenty wall. Fuck, they're they're all they're all for the night, but shit. We got a problem on our hands. So uh, he said he wanted to resettle tenants from his overcrowded Scottish estates to Minnesota. Uh, the idea blew. Colonel Loomis's mind. So the railroad guy is <laughs> like, just, holy fuck, this is awesome. What's it gotta be like when you lay out such a huge pile of bullshit and yeah. the guy's like, whoa, that's amazing! You're like, oh, this is fun. This is gonna be great. Let me see my letters. This is gonna be great. This is gonna letters. be great. I have letters, I have 40 grand. Clearly I'm real. I mean, how hard my name, I have my name twice. Come on! What's not to love over here? Imagine looking at a time where you just fucking rolled in and were like, yeah, here's some letters from some dudes you don't know. Oh! I'm gonna buy everything. Yeah, well, I would have no to run a credit check on you. You've got four letters from people. Do what you like in our fair town. The Northern Pacific Railroad at the time wanted to expand westward, but it was difficult and expensive. The company needed to raise a lot of money. Perfect timing. Mm. So the idea of a wealthy Scottish guy buying huge pots of land from the company was very, very exciting to the top brass. Um, Loomis saw him as Gordon as an answer to the railroad's problems. He offered to take Gordon Gordon in an excursion to different land sites. All expenses paid. Ah, oh, interesting. Well, I suppose if you'll pick up the top of me as well. Why not? Yeah, that's what you're looking for. Okay. What was that? I don't know. Uh, who knows? His lordship announced he was ready to pick out lands and that this was acceptable. Unfortunately, there were no railroads to take him across the state. Sure. So... They it's put together uh, a big wagon train situation. A wagon train? That's what it was called before trains. The wagon train. You get so a bunch of wagons, a wagon. you fucking roll out. Not one wagon, a bunch of wagons. It's a wagon That's train. a bunch of wagons. Fucking wagon train. Are they connected to each other? It's called a wagon train, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, I don't want to start arguing about 1800 terms uh, that were very common at the time. You know we both do a lot of research for this show. Are, are you opposed? 
comes to the term horse. Is a horse an okay thing to say? Yeah, I'm fine with horse. Horse eye, as they were known, there are a bunch. No. Yeah, yeah. Horse eye. No, you mean a horse train? No. I'm going to do a story this way. (laughs) So just how we normally record it? So he's ready to go pick out his lands. Uh, Colonel Loomis rose to the occasion. He organized a decadent, all-expense-paid expedition through Minnesota and the Dakotas. Quote, like the excursion that of Apollodorus planned for Cleopatra. Ah, and what a journey that was. (laughs) (laughs) Traveling with Gordon Gordon were state officials and officers of the railway. Gordon Gordon asked that they simply refer to him as, as Gordon, my the- lord. Oh, man. And we're going to need to stop for a new pair of trousers because my balls are enormous. I've broken through them with my confidence. Look at that fresh air. So, 
good news or bad? Well, a, it's good news, a, isn't it? There's a lawsuit. Ah. In a good way? No. Is it a good lawsuit or bad? It's bad. Ah. They're pretty big fans of this Pinocchio guy. Ah. In a bad way? Uh, well, they're not really fond of the picture you painted. But the giant testicles that swell when you lie. Not fond in a bad way? Or a good way? You're hard to read. Uh, on the other hand, uh, Vivid called. Uh-huh. Uh, they would like to make a pornography. Uh, you need Pornokio? Finally. So, uh, the valet would seal Gordon Gordon's letters with wax that had the Gordon coat of arms on it. Sure. The historic banner of the Gordons of Scotland also fluttered behind one of the wagons. Sure, that's right. So, just the flag with a pile of bullshit on it? No, it's a real. The Gordons are real. It's a real. Oh, okay. Oh, real. <laughs> right, yeah, because you can't make a call to find out. Right. Yeah. He's got the letter. Two old tents were set up for him uh, each night for his exclusive use. So he's got two tents? Sure. Yeah, one for maybes. Uh, they gave him silver and china to eat off of. Good, yeah. Fruit was brought in um, from Mexico. Okay. Quote, his table was like Montezuma's. Jesus. He also had, quote, 14 changes of costume. What? Like Lady Gaga? What is he... What's he, he's Elton Johnning in the... Yeah. Gotta look good, man. You know what kind of buffalo you're gonna run into? <laughs> fucking look hot, tight. You know what I mean? Get yeah. Fucking sweet new silk hat. Okay, yeah. there, like, oh, All crotchless, cool. obviously, yeah. Fuck Let him fly. Well, they're so big. Look at him. One wagon was packed with guns and ammunition for hunting. Another was packed with uh, equipment. Costume just changes for, for dinner. And then there's costume changes after dinner, yeah. Right. After, no. Well, before, <laughs> before during. Before and after. after, during. Yeah. After the appetizer change. Excuse me, I'm going to slip into something a little more comfortable. A government ser surveyor would gallop ahead of the group and pick out square mileage that suited... Lord Gordon Gordon's niece. Jesus, he's like a real housewife. Yeah. This is like how real housewives go on vacation. Uh, nobody? They don't. They don't. These are good people. They don't watch that shit. Me either. Um, I just think it's a reference that works. And, you know, send me a stick around. We'll talk after. So Gordon Gordon nicknamed the government surveyor who galloped ahead the sure. land taster. Was he allowed to push back on his name? No. I guess the Lord. Not no. really what I'm doing, though. Go ahead. You got in a lot of ways. Lick it. Yeah. Fucking lick it. That's the land I'm talking about. Oh, no. Lord Gordon would pick land where he planned to build future towns or yeah. schools. Yeah, schools, towns, yeah. I mean, who knows? Laboratories, Six Flags, who gives a shit? It's all in imagination land where... And then they would stamp it sold on a map. So they're going through <laughs> oh, sold. Sure. That was easy. He'd, he'd pick vast areas of land across the state. He'd select locations and name several cities, saying they would need to build churches and schools before the colonists arrived. Right, yeah, hurry. Yeah. 
When he was at Oak Lake, he borrowed, quote, a little change from Colonel Loomis for expenses. Well, you're not going to bloody believe this, but my card got rejected again. <laughs> Something about the bloody ATM fee anyway. I'm not hard up, but I could use a little walking around pocket money. You mind? I'm good for it. Look at the letter. I borrowed a lot of money from this bloke. Paid him back. Um, after three months he was done he had seen enough he said Lord Gordon Gordon explained he now had to go to New York to put together the money for this massive purchase Gordon Gordon going to New York New York that's where Broadway is isn't it Dave So the uh, wagon train returned to Minneapolis. The total bill for the trip came to over $45,000. Boy! Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's so much uh, fucking money back then. Yeah. Well, let's see. He's got a second tent. I mean... He's got a fuck you tent. He's got fuck you tents. He's got a tent for his balls and a tent for him. Yeah, right. I sleep in the tiny one. Loomis said it was well worth it. He beamed as he told the railroad directors, quote, he is the richest landlord in Europe. He will invest five million with us. <laughs> A real Neville Chamberlain coming back. Good news! <laughs> well, I've got great news, John. Our worries are over. Let's just say I sold and I sold and I sold. Ever heard of Lord Gordon Gordon? January 1872, Gordon Gordon left Minnesota taking his $40,000 out of the bank. Weird. Weird move, though, a little, right? No, no, it's fine. Okay. He's going to get more money, so he's got to take out... Oh, so he's like Blues Brothers singing. (laughs) I have to sign it on the dashboard. Yeah, yeah, like if you you get a job, like if you have money in the bank... And you and you go and you get a job. Yeah. Then you take all your money out of the bank. Now that's where you're losing me a little. That's just where I'm sort of like not yeah, following. Yeah, as yeah. Because well. yeah, if but he's coming back. He's yeah, got yeah. All that infrastructure to build. Yeah, he's got churches it, at schools. You bring the money back. Right. Okay. But if you leave it in the bank. Yeah. It's there, I guess. It's easier, is your point? No, it's got a money has to go with you. Does it? Because I feel like banks are good at not making that a thing. No. Banks are just there for if you're around. Like if you're near it's so you can be near your money, but then if you go somewhere else you take your money and, and then your money's near you there. That's the definition That's of how a bank. Wells Fargo does it, I think. No. Wells Fargo takes your money and goes, you didn't have money. You moved. I did? We're not a, we're not a bank. What are you talking about? By the way, we, I love one of their commercials now is about like a train heist back in the day. They're like, well, imagine. That's how things used to be. It's like, yeah, Wells Fargo, we're fucking familiar with how it used to be. You fucking asshole. Imagine. The best was that they, they just took people's houses recently and they were like, because it was a glitch. Sorry. Y2K, all of us. I mean, it's weird how we keep doing this and no one punishes us, so we keep doing yeah. it. 
They have a dog coming up. This is just so long. Jesus Christ, it's long. Um, okay, so he takes his forty thousand. Uh, they With held him. they held a goodbye banquet before he left. Sure, wow. yeah, yeah. Um, then he was gone. He went to New York with a letter of introduction from Colonel Loomis. Okay. To the big man about town, Horace Greenley. Wait, now so Loomis probably would have literally would have actually written him a letter, right? Yep. Because right. Loomis read. And then wrote him a letter for sure. Right. That was like, he's been unbelievable. And we gave him a 10 for each Gordon. He's been the best. And I'm imagining a lot of the letters from England were real, too. Because remember, he was in that Right. So they were just all con. Yeah. Um, So the Erie Railroad operated in the northeast of the United States. It originally connected New York City with Lake Erie. Which, who wouldn't want that? (laughs) Finally. Uh, it was built with public funds raised by taxes and contracted on land donated by public officials and private developers. So it's a public deal. Taxes, right? Taxes. You buy something. It's owned by the public. Everyone's happy. And runs. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> no. We should no, give that to businesses. By the middle of the 1850s, it had been mismanaged and was in a lot of debt. A rich banker... Daniel Drew loaned $2 million to the railroad and then took control of it. He manipulated shares on the stock exchange and made more money. Then Cornelius Vanderbilt targeted the railroad for takeover and in 1866 silently bought up tons of stocks. Now he had control. Okay. So Drew put a couple of guys on the board and they tried to wrestle back control from Vanderbilt. They did this by issuing illegitimate stock so they just made fake stock just gave him fake stock so then the more stock that was being made Vanderbilt kept buying it even though it wasn't real they just fucking so he just owned nothing a lot yeah. of nothing yeah okay one of those guys he was the majority shareholder in bullshit just right. fucking garbage right. I own this shit yeah <laughs> this is my nothing one of the one of the guys on the board behind this was Jay Gould Gould and Vanderbilt started going toe-to-toe for control of the railroad. They went up to the state government in Albany and tossed insane amounts of money at the legislature over a vote that would legalize the fraudulent issue of stock. Okay. (laughs) Lobbying. Yeah, lobbying. America's, like, literally going up and going, here's money, can the illegal thing I did be legal? Yes, because of the money. We really like the money, and we want to use it for our own stuff. And while we're not supposed to, this is a lot of money, so we're going to take it and do stuff for our people. America. Thank you. We're Americans. Come here. Gould personally appeared with a bag of $500,000 in cash and handed it out to legislators. What? Hey, so go, you no, 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 you take that. Go ahead, take yeah. that. There you go, boys. All right, let's get that vote going. Come on. Woo! <laughs> okay. All right. So they both were up there. Uh, Vanderbilt would do the same thing. They just went up with tons of fucking cash. Like Google would give. I wish that was how guy. it was now. I, I wish know, you like actually had to just see the exchange. Yeah, you know, then you can. That would give the news something to do all like, fucking like, day. Like 
Meister had to roll in with just a yeah, a big and barely get mortified, just being well, so we can drug you. It was already <laughs> all this fucking money. Oh, this is how the sausage gets made. <laughs> it's legal. This is fine. Uh, so Vanderbilt ended up. So it's passed. The the, the let's legalize. It passed. Let's legalize the issuance of fraudulent stock. They were like, yeah, that sounds good. Uh, and Vanderbilt. All the favors say, all the favors say, money, money, money. Vanderbilt ended up losing seven million dollars. Okay. But then he sued Gold, uh, and Gold gave him the money back. But Vanderbilt was out and gave up control of the Erie Railroad. Okay. So Gould is dirty and bad, and he's also part of the Tammany Hall uh, New York situation. So he's a he's a son of a bitch. Sure. So now in 1870, Gould betrays Daniel Drew, who was the first guy who took over the railroad, right? By issuing fraudulent stock. <laughs> This time, Drew lost $1.5 billion. What? He was really creating a monopoly on the fake stock. <laughs> so, <laughs> these fights. What do you go- mean there's 200%? I'm in for more! <laughs> so, the, the fights over the railroad uh, are now known as the Erie War, and, and this is right when Lord Gordon Gordon came to town. Right on time. <laughs> uh, it's weird to kind of root Hello, for him. it's me and my boys. Yeah. Now you're kind of rooting for him. A little bit. Lord Gordon Gordon rented a, quote, significant apartment of suites on the drawing room floor of the Metropolitan Hotel. I kind of missed him a little. <laughs> so he's just kind of <laughs> So he's got the introductory letter to Horace Greenlee, who he meets... He invites Horace Greenley over for breakfast. And Horace Greenley, he's, he's a politician. Yeah, I'll get to him in a second. Right, okay. I don't know why I put the whatever later. but I, I think, think I know, I'm familiar with, with his facial hair. And it's he the was a politician. Yeah. Um, so when Greenley gets there, uh, Gordon Gordon has open maps and charts on the table like he's been working. Oh, sorry, you're catching me in the middle of my busy season. Just trying to figure out where to conquer. So many bloody options for me. Anyway, Horace, that's your beard that's only on your neck. <laughs> so, uh, so the letter's obviously a big deal, and, and, and that's, deal. that's just how they did things back then. So Greenlee thinks he's great, right? Um, and Greenlee's serious business. Greenlee so that, he comes over, and he's like, uh, "Hello, yes," and he's like, hey, "Here's the letter." Oh yeah. Oh, you're awesome. Okay, great. Let's hang out. Yeah, what did you want to talk to me about? <laughs> Could have gone either way. Uh, so Horace Greenlee is the founder and editor of the New York Tribune, which had the largest circ- circulation in the country. He's also a politician and would run for president uh, the same year. So he's he's like the fucking man in New York. Right, right? okay. Uh, and uh, so sometime during this breakfast... Lord Gordon suddenly stated... Uh, Lord Gordon. Gordon, Gordon, Gordon. Gordon. sorry. Yeah, yeah. If you don't have get... some goddamn respect for a man. That's okay. Lord Gordon Gordon suddenly stated that he was the owner of 60,000 shares of the Erie Railroad. <laughs> what? Okay. Oh, yeah. 
also am 60,000 shares of Bitcoin. <laughs> what? 60,000. But is that not clearly known, like, what's going on with that railroad at this point? Has yeah, yeah. that not been, like, a fairly public battle? Everybody knows. So he, what is, so he's just, how he's, is Horace Greeley going to buy this? Well. By the pound. He also said he was overseeing tons of shares for English friends. He's, he's insinuating that he has more shares than anyone else, and he has control of the Erie Railroad. Right. But it, can't you verify that? Can you? Because so many fucked up shares have been issued. Because so many bullshit. Right. Okay. So he said he would control the next election of railroad director, directors. And Horace loved this. Look at the maps. <laughs> Clearly I'm very important. That's five different maps. Start spreading pretty quickly among the railroad magnets, uh, and, and everyone is freaking out. The word spread quick that he had been in the States a while and had already purchased a bunch of land up in Minnesota. <laughs> uh-huh. So Horace and, uh, and the VP of the Pennsylvania Railroad, um, they come uh, over to the hotel. They rush over quickly. Sure. And as powerful as these men were, Lord Gordon Gordon made them wait. He sent power, down. power move upon power move. Yeah. Because any rich guy would be like, well, fuck, he's making his way. This yeah. guy's no, the valet comes out, it's like, sorry, he's really looking at some maps right now. <laughs> Who knows how long he'll be. He he's... just found a map of a map. Yeah. You know, he's I'm quite a, a topographer. He wanted me to mention that a few times. No. No. I'm a map. No. I'm a map! <laughs> He sent out a message that he would, quote, give them an audience shortly as soon as he had completed his toilet. 
Does he drive for Lyft? So they waited. Was that normal to talk no. like that openly? I, I assume Back toilet. The fields, yeah. I'm assuming toilet doesn't mean toilet the way we. Like if no, I said yeah. it right now, you'd be like, why would you tell me that? But I think back then it was just like, I need to get myself presentable. Well, okay. But I would prefer to think that he was taking a dump. Yeah. Um, so they waited for an hour. Wow. Okay, yeah. So it had to be another step. Yeah. So they were finally allowed up and they quickly got down to business. Lord Gordon Gordon talked extensively about what he was there for. He discussed, <laughs> he discussed the embarrassment of the Erie Railway. Lord Gordon said he has lots of money and that he wanted to put a lot of it into the U.S. Yeah. He had bought a lot of land up in Minnesota and was buying more property near New York where he was going to build a big house and have parties for fancy people like the earls and dukes and other prince. You know, the earls, the dukes, the duchesses of it. More bullshit. So, the others. On March 2nd, an hour after midnight, Jay Gould was awoken by a messenger. A telegram arrived from Colonel Scott. He was told to come to a conference immediately in the morning at the Metropolitan. Gould walked into the hotel room and asked Lord Gordon Gordon what his interest was in the Erie Railroad. His lordship said, I, owe 30 mi- I own 30 million of the stock, and my friend has 20 million. Million? Million. So they're really upping it. Yeah, he's up. He's gone up. A lot. Fuck yeah. Okay. Way up. <laughs> like, next stratosphere up, like, impossible. Yeah. Right, okay. And he's saying, I control it. Right. And a change in management could no longer be delayed. But luckily, he wanted Jay Gould to stay in charge and bring in a new board that he and Horace would pick, and Gould would approve also. Okay. So Lord Gordon then went on to tell his life story to Gould. Oh, that's going to be lengthy. Born into a powerful family. Oh, okay, this version. (laughs) Entered Parliament at the age of 22. Of course, yes. A real doogie hauser of Parliament he was. (laughs) He was the youngest member of the House of Lords. That's right, yes. They called me Lord Junior, they did. The Queen had trusted him with uh, the delicate missions because Once he was very. Could not be specific about. He's very discreet, uh, such as he negotiated with the Prussian government. <laughs> I never tell anybody what I did except the time. I did some shit with the Prussians. Yes, with the Prussians, but there was no collusion. There was absolutely no bloody collusion. Anyone who's saying this collusion is crazy. They colluded with Prussia if anyone did. Wouldn't I? Wouldn't I? So, at this point, Gould is very anxious to secure the cooperation of Lord Gordon Gordon and the running of the company. Uh, Horace Greenlee arrived. Uh, Lord Gordon then looked at Horace and said he did not trust Jay Gould. Okay. After the guy had been talking to for a while. Yeah, so... Sure, he said things that Lord Gordon wanted to hear, but he'd have to give something besides just his word. 
if he was going to let Gould remain as president. Absolutely. Well, the truth is, Dave, you can't just trust someone at face value. That's right. They have to put $40,000 in the bank before you know they're legitimate and have three letters from people you've heard of vaguely. Uh, Gould said he would hand over his res- resignation, giving up his power to show he, he, w- he was working with his lordship. Wow. What the f- I mean... Then his lordship could reappoint him as president. So it's like a trust exercise. Sure. Where you, where you go, but you go, I will, re- I will resign, and then you make me the guy again. Sure, resign. That's how behind you I am. Yeah. Gordon said, if, uh, Gordon said if Gould did not resign, quote, I could not, under any circumstances, give my support. Right. So, so, right, well, uh-huh. And how does a con man play this exactly? <laughs> My guess is Gould doesn't love it. Well, no, Gould said they should buy stock in the company together. His lordship declined, saying he didn't want his integrity and finances challenged at the same time. Jesus. <laughs> Don't mind those. restroom, the toilet. No, I don't need toilet. <laughs> Go to little. So, Gould then said he would, quote, carry the stock for both you and myself. So carry the stock meant he would agree to sell it at a predetermined price uh, for a certain period of time. Okay. So when you do that, you are taking on all the obligation. Oh, man, that's, well, that sounds a little precarious, knowing what we know. Gould gave him 20,000 shares at $35 a share for six months. So, Gordon then said he had already laid out a lot of cash. Dealing with investigations, paying to get bills passed in Albany, uh-huh. ending litigations, and he paid for it all himself. Sure, yeah, yeah, which costs a lot of other people money. Well, he said he said they were legitimate expenses that should go uh, against this new organization they're putting together. Right. And no, Gould, Gould sure. said that sounded reasonable. Of course it did. Of course. How much? Over a million, it turns out. Over sure. A million. No, and again, I mean, look, you're going to have to break a lot of eggs to make the world's biggest omelet, so... I agreed to repost with him securities and money to the extent of about one half of his expenses, or $500,000. Wow. Now, this is just for holding. Once Gould carried out his part of the agreement, he would get it all back. So it's basically a, another right. sign, a trust sign, or you give a guy... Sure. You, like, you want a guy to trust you, so you go, here's half a million dollars. Right. And, then I, and then you go, okay, thank you, that's good. Now, now give it back to me. Soon I'll give it back to you. Now I'll give it back Look, to Look, that hippo is driving... Did you turn into a bird? Those are crickets. I'm gone. Those were crickets? I'm gone. You're not there. What about... Smoke Or just... Yep. I guess I'll see you. You're you're mid-song. You're in the middle middle of a number. Okay, so then he gave Gordon a bunch of stock in different companies and $160,000 in cash. Together, they total half a million dollars. Cool. Lord Gordon. Lord Gordon then... Lord Gordon Gordon. Respect. Lord Gordon Gordon then looked at Gould and said that there was a problem with the math. Okay, well, let me guess. 
Gordon, you've not right. overpaid. <laughs> Let's put it that way. So Gould didn't think there was a problem with the math, but he didn't want to make a big deal about uh, it. This is so applicable. So We're he, sorry, Malish. So he gave Lord Gordon Gordon another $40,000 in cash. <laughs> It was weird. I was like, oh, I, just give I him guess all take it. that. Give him, give him all of Give him anything he wants. I don't want a lord to make me feel weird. Plus, his testicles are giant. I just want to be out of the room. Fuck me. Those I'm under these. I can still bloody hear you. Sorry. Sorry. Christ. I thought there were. I know it looks like a beanbag set. It's not. Two beanbags, honestly, two beanbags. <laughs> Bloody hell. I'm fine. <laughs> Shit. So then, uh, after he gave him all this, Gould asked for a receipt. <laughs> simple, simple request. <laughs> and Lord Gordon was like, uh, I'm a lord. My word is good enough. Yeah. Uh, you're offending me. Oh. Uh, so he gave it all back to Gould, and Gould picked it up and started walking out the door, and then he stopped, and he came back, and he put it on the table, uh, and he said, Lord, your word is good enough. Uh, Here's a half a million and $400,000. 40, yeah. 40,000, yeah. Yeah. So, that the next... away, Lord Gordon Gordon was like, oh, fuck, I really, I've overstayed. Oh, thank God, this idiot. Uh, so fucking easy to fucking convince. So the next day... Add your trousers. Leave them. The next day, Jay Gould sent a note with some of the shares of the stock saying he trusted Lord Gordon and basically apologizing and groveling. So not only has he taken all the guy's money, but the guy's apologizing yeah, the for having offended sorry, I'm sorry I thought about not getting conned by you. Oh. The nerve! So... Gould came over then and said he was looking forward to the great rise in Erie stock over the next few days after Lord Gordon took over the board. So the big idea is that he's going to take over the board, he's going to say we're going to put all this money in to invest in, and then the stock's going to go up. Right. Right? It's going to be great. Uh, and then he told Lord Gordon, he was like, you're going to make a million. And Lord Gordon said, ha, that's a lot. I'd be fine selling the stock for half of that. And Gould was like, really? You Really? What if I trade you? What if I trade you some other stock? And Lord Gordon was like, sure, you can trade me some other stock. The way. So, so Gould said he could have the stock uh, he'd already given him to hold on to. So now that's his. So it's not a holding thing. The way he drops these things about himself that people pick up on. Like, he's just throwing away these thoughts, like, just to himself, muttering, like, no, no, please. Just a lot of walks to the window, just alone, just like, oh no, me, no. I mean, I've just got a ton of land I can't get rid of. Huh? You need land? No, I've just got a bunch of perfect property. I just like swimming in it. Oh my god, what? Perfect property? What? Anyway, should we have some tea? What did you want to do? Uh, no, do my, wanna... my boys and I, we were just saying, I, I, we would. Oh, we I don't want Let's not soil a delicious uh, cucumber sandwich and tea session with business, my lord. No, you're right. Well, I mean, if you wanted to bring it up, I guess. I would like to know more about your property. Well, I just have a ton of great property, and I've got letters to prove it. And, I 
mean, if you're interested, I'll sell it to you. Good luck. I have all the money. Yo, give me all the money and take what you want from this made-up pile of shit. I mean, just really... Yeah, here. Great. Here's all your money. money. Great. Awesome. Well, good luck. I mean, I have the deeds to the land. Oh, God. You know what? How dare you? What the fuck did you just fucking say to me? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The deed to the... What the fuck? I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry. No, that's my fault. No, it's... That's my fault. A miscommunication. I shouldn't ask. I mean, I'm Scottish. Who knows what I'm doing? I don't even... then handed over his resignation as president and director of the Erie Railway Company to Lord Gordon Gordon, the guy who had nothing to do with the company. Or anything. And he now had over half a million worth of Google securities and cash in a bag. They had known each other for one week. Expectation is shit is going to happen super fast. I would hope that it would be something like that. I would hope that he would think things are about to go crazy. But things did not happen super fast. Nothing happened. Mm, that's weird because that's a lot. All that happened was Lord Gordon sold 600 shares of Erie and pocketed it, and then 5,000 shares of Oil Creek on the Philadelphia Stock Exchange. Okay. Because of that, word got out. It suddenly dawned on Gould that his lordship might not be on the up and up. What were the red flags, Dave? <laughs> Walk us through them. Uh, a quick investigation confirmed it, so Gould stopped the sale of stock immediately. He then rented a suite of apartments at the Metropolitan Hotel right next to Lord Gordon Gordon's. <laughs> okay, awesome. Gould summoned his, uh, his powerful friends in New York, and they had a discussion, and then they sent for the superintendent of police. Okay. So Horace Greenlee, Horace Greenlee was asked to be the go-between between the two men. And Horace told Lord Gordon, since he was a gentleman of high rank, he wouldn't want to get caught up in some ugly controversy and right. should just return the money and forget trying to help Gould or the Erie Railroad. They're just not worth it. They're clearly fuckheads. Yeah, right. Horace gets it. So he said uh, if he gave up the money, he could go after Gould in court afterwards. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, of course. Lord Gordon Gordon demanded to see Jay Gould, but Gould refused to see him. And after a few hours, Lord Gordon gave up the 200000 and most of the securities, but the stock that he had sold already was obviously missing. So then Gould had Lord Gordon, Gordon arrested for obtaining money under false pretenses. Okay. Lord Gordon hired two lawyers, one of whom was Daniel Sickles. I represent Gordon, and I'm Gordon's lawyer. <laughs> I've decided to split the case. Yes. <laughs> we would like to be defended separately. <laughs> and I plead guilty. I'm innocent. Let them do it some sort of con. There weren't two of them before. Well, there's always been two of us. You don't even have. 
So, Laura Garden hires two lawyers, one of whom was Daniel Sickles, the star of Dolph episode 234. He, he killed his wife's lover and then walked out on. He was the first insanity defense uh, guy. Right. So, he's in this. And he's. And he's the lawyer of Lord Gordon Gordon. This actually makes sense. Yeah. Um, three big magnets, uh, magnates, uh, of whom one was Vanderbilt, posted Lord Gordon Gordon's bond. Of course. My lord, I'm so sorry you've been going through this. Some people are saying you're not who you claim to be. <laughs> Based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um. So, uh, what did I do here? Okay. So, uh, Sorry, the rich guys help him out. And Jay Gould and his friends cannot believe that anyone would help Lord Gordon Gordon after what he'd done, and it's clearly a fraud. Is anyone talking to Jay about his decision-making? Is anyone like, Jay, what the fuck happened in the last week to you? (laughs) Sorry, he's the hypnotist. You know, usually... I mean, he's got so much money, it's interesting he did this, but usually they would let it go and just be like, I don't want people to... Take it on the chin. Yeah, that's kind of what I would figure in a way, yeah. Um, so, uh, sorry. So, so because, uh, Lord Gordon Gordon had these other bad guys, uh, other rich guys backing him, right? Yeah. Vanderbilt and whatever. So now he super leans into being innocent and starts claiming he's being abused. Right. Yeah. Right. That's how you do. You play victim. So. That's how you um, get out of a victim's hold. I'm the victim. I'm. So the case goes to trial in under two months because it's how America used to work. It used to kind of make sense. I mean, there's a lot of problems, but like that makes sense. Two months, it's, it's like eight years. You can delay shit. Uh, on the stand, Lord Gordon Gordon told about when... So what, when he's on the stand, is anyone like, he's not real? Or everyone's just like, let's ask Big Bird what he thinks. No. Because how are you going to prove he's not real? I guess, but you would think that, like, I mean, there's lawyers involved. There's a lawyer not like, this isn't adding up. Yeah, but this thing doesn't exist. What are they going to do? Just start calling people in England? Do you know Lord Gordon Gordon? Like, they, they need to have a God. trail to follow. They have no trail. It's just a con man's dream. Yeah. God, so easy. If I could go back in time, this is what I would do now. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you can't pull it off now. No. No one could grift anybody now. So on the stand, he told about when he came to America and all the land he had bought in Minnesota and his ancestors, the great Gordons of Scotland. Oh, God. He said, he said the Erie stock wasn't in his name, but in his corporation's name. Oh, 
so, yeah. right, Scrooge McDuck. So they can't get him on that. So they had searched the stock and whatever, and found not his name. He's like, yeah, it's not me. Oh, my God. Well, you should have asked. Yeah. No, it's not under my name. It's under my business name. Oops. B S I N C. Um, the uh, the attorneys asked a lot about his relatives back in Scotland, and he answered every question. He was described as quote unconcerned. Yeah. Uh, but after his testimony, Gould cabled to all the people his lordship had mentioned in court. In Wait, he did what? He... Every person that he mentioned that day in court in England, Scotland, and France, Jay Gould sat there and wrote down. And then he and then went attempted corroboration. And then went straight to cable them. The only cable network around in the 1800s. Yes, CNN. Uh, so not one of the people had heard of Lord Gordon Gordon, and they said he had nothing to do with the great Gordon family of Scotland. Okay, this is what I wanted. Yeah. Right. Justice. Well, just a move. <laughs> An attempt at something other than like, oh, bloody hell. Sounds pretty good, so... <laughs> So Gould showed up at court the next day, ready to end Gordon Gordon once and for all. <laughs> There's no way. Lord Gordon Gordon was gone. <laughs> it turns out as soon as he had finished testifying, he got on a train and went to Canada. <laughs> His train, mind you. <laughs> got a monorail. The case was considered, quote, ended. <laughs> Man. That's that. Yeah, well, that's the end of that. Guy's gone. What are you going to do? do? He went to Canada. Welcome so. to justice. You know what I mean? Guy, guy got on a train. That you lost everything yeah. too. Fuck. In a week. Oh my god. Nuts. Uh, what's weird is he took the Erie Railroad up there. Yeah, he took uh, that, and that won't even make sense there. Anyway, you must not be sleeping. Gould wasn't done. He offered twenty-five thousand for the arrest and return. Is he going to pay it to Gordon Gordon? Yeah. There you are, constable. <laughs> you fucking dumb shit. Get out of my right now, idiotic! Rip off mustache, bloody fool. sent investigators to Europe and that's when every, everyone learned of his past as Hubert Hamilton and Lord Glencairn. Turns out he'd stolen diamonds from jewelers in Edinburgh and London and uh, they were valued at over 100000 and that has been his seed money when he came to the US. Okay. Shocked to hear this, obviously. So this news arrived in Minneapolis and they were not pleased. What? Yeah, they're like, the train! <laughs> Quote, half a dozen sturdy citizens resolved to get even with the... I, I do like how there was an audible six. You guys are you're from sturdy stock, did you not know that? Uh, half a dozen six. <laughs> it's like eight people at the same time, like six... Six plus six is a dozen. (laughs) 
got that. Shh. It's not when I'm in the zone. I'm the arithmetist. It's literally carry the nothing. Yeah, yeah, it's just six. Holy shit. It's just six. That's two sixes that make up that dozen. Do you have any idea what that means? A dozen means six and six. It's twelve. It's called. It is twelve, isn't it? That's what my board says. Look at all that yarn. My bankers called that. Hit that for a while. Exhausted. I laid it all out there today. Okay, what were we talking about? Twelve what? I don't want to talk to you anymore. It's the downside of being as special as I am. No one can relate to me. Anyway, can I have a half a half a dozen of donuts? So the, the citizens of Minneapolis wanted to get even with the pseudo-lord who had so grossly imposed on their hospitality. Reports came uh, that he was now in Fort Gary, Manitoba. So this is this is 50, it's Welsh. <laughs> this is fifty miles north of the uh, the Minnesota Canada border. So they organized a party in Minneapolis. The mayor authorized the chief of police to go. A team of fast horses was hired and off on a kidnapping. Yeah, so not, not that slow brigade. It's not. You guys, let's not do the slow horses this time. You in the slow train? Yeah, yeah. That took a while. It sure did. Let's see fast horses. Or do you want to do the crazy train? No. Okay. That's fair. That's when they're on acid. They're the slow ones. But they're tripping. They're, uh, they're cheap, but it's such a fucking bummer. It takes a while. Yeah. Well, because you need to wait for them to process what their lives are. Yeah. Take eight hours. So, uh... So off, off goes the kidnapping party, right? They're going to kidnap him and bring him back. So they go up to Manitoba. Do you kidnap grown-ups? Yep. Okay. You can kidnap anybody. Get grown <laughs> The kidnapper in the audience is like, We have a union check! How fucking dare you! Relax, guy! So they go up to Manitoba, they go up to Fort Gary. I'll call it, I'll call it Fort Gary. Um, so they find him on his porch. He's there just in his fucking cabin. He's got a cabin, he's just hanging out on the porch. And they're like, uh, we're going to take you. He's like, yeah, yeah, all right. So they drag him into a wagon, they put him in a wagon. The dragon wagon. The dragon wagon. And then they fucking head back for the U.S. as fast as possible. And then they cross the U.S. border. And then they get in the middle. 
Minnesota, and then they're overcome by a party of uh, of people coming from Fort Gary. Okay, who coming are like, who are like you took our our guy, right? So they they get him back. The Canadians get why did Canadian released? Okay, and they take him back to Canada. Um, and then they also, there are more of them, so they took the kidnappers, too. So. What? They kidnapped kidnappers? They kidnapped the kidnappers. So it's a double kidnap situation. Is that allowed? They're like, yeah. no. I mean, there's no, there's no rules in kidnapping, so it's all, everything's not. on the fucking well, board. Well, talk to that guy. I think he thought there were a lot of rules in kidnapping. He's in the he union. thinks it's Fight Club. He's like, there's two big ones. He's in a union. He's in a union, though, so that's a different Yeah. Animal. Okay, so they kidnap the kid. They're so like, they, you're Canadian now. So they put all the, the sturdy citizens of Minnesota in irons, and they take him up to, and they throw him in a dungeon. They throw them in a dungeon? One, uh, For one trying them, to mess with Lord Gordon Gordon. But they, but to them, it's just a fucking Canadian guy that they grabbed. Like, they don't know any difference. Oh, they're not even freaking out over the fact he's just a regular No, they citizen. just think that they came up and grabbed a guy. Oh, so I thought they were going to say, like, you can't do that to the king of Malaysia. <laughs> Minnesota telegraphed the mayor of Minneapolis, quote, we're in a hell of a fix, come at once. Just so, so Minnesota, yeah, right there. And then he was like, new Morse, who dis? So, when the people in Minnesota hear about this, they are fucking furious, and they start talking about raising an army and heading across the border and attacking Canada. <laughs> but then, then, then they got talked out of it. Someone was like, "No." Yeah. He's coming up. It's almost hockey season. Let's not do this. I know, I know. You lost your center, okay? He's in a dungeon, but we'll have a good season. Obviously in a pickle this year with their new center because their last center is uh, on IR due to dungeon captivity. Hoping to have him back by the end of the season. Not sure how this plays out. So, um, okay, so the guys in New York who had put up his bond money, right, the Vanderbilt and the other guys, um, which he skipped out on, they got a judgment based on an old English law that said they could go into Canada and legally take Gordon back. Okay. Okay. Jump bail. So, the mayor of Minneapolis then headed up to get his kidnapping party out of jail. What a time! <laughs> and it gets up there. There's lots of threats on both sides. They're fucking screaming and yelling. Canadians tried to make a deal. They told the mayor he could have the prisoners if he bought a piece of land for $14,500. Let me guess. That's Gordon Gordon doing that. Pretty <laughs> much it was. But they said... If he bought a piece of land for 14500 that belonged to the Attorney General, they'd let the, <laughs> the guys 
from Minneapolis go? He uh, overinvested, so uh, he needs a little bit of his money back. So maybe buy that, and then we let you take that guy, huh? It's a good offer, eh? It's not a bad offer. The hell are you talking about? It's a terrible offer. Hey, guy, relax, huh? Just trying to make you comfy here, huh? Look, we're, we're sick and tired of feeding your community and our prisons, too, okay? Then why the hell did you take him captive? Okay. Hey, hey. Oh, they tried to, they tried to say... Whoa, why did you do that, guy? Hey, fella, guy, put your hands down for a second, huh? Holy cow. How about you take it down a notch, huh? They say even before notches were invented, but just... Hey, chill. Hey, guys, you want to meet you halfway I, here, I guy. just want to remind everyone there, it's almost hockey season, all right? It's just By the way, I don't know if you heard, our team got a lot better. We have a center in captivity. Uh, it's a fucking bruiser, that guy. This, they say he might be the next big thing. You That's know, right. So, don't know what to tell you. Bunch of youpers. So, um, the mayor... Now expose the the fourteen thousand five hundred offer for land to the media, and then the media He's went like nuts. Chris Hansen. <laughs> <laughs> so that with no resolution, the mayor and the governor of Minnesota went to uh, Washington D.C. to talk to President Grant about what was happening. Jesus, he's like, I'm busy. What? I have shit to do. What are you talking about? Go get your fucking weirdo. Why are you here? Go up, get your fucking center. Jesus Christ. No one cares about fucking hockey. We, we don't give a shit. The rest of America doesn't fucking care. That's oh! true. I'm sorry. We, we do take all the con- hockey teams and put them in hot places and you can go fuck yourself. Because um, it turns out that's where all the money is. Because the people with the, uh, the money, they live in the places where it's hot. So you make a hockey team, you make it good, we take it, fuck you. Uh, that's, that's the old saying, don't live in the cold. So President Grant was actually very upset. Okay. President Grant is very upset that he promised to get the men released uh, when the mayor said they had been caught and taken into U.S. territory. So... Grant at first was like you said. He's like, okay, yeah. There's a they, you tried to kidnap a guy and then they took everybody. Yeah. What the fuck? And then then they were like, yeah, but they were already in U.S. territory. And they was like, what? We will kill them all. Of course. Assistant Secretary Bancroft David then told them to form a regiment and seize the border police and hold them until redress was obtained. Jesus Christ. Lord Gordon Gordon is a fucking issue. It's an international problem. Yeah. But the governor and mayor went back and they decided to be more level-headed, just classic fucking Minnesotans. All right, let's, we can talk this out, right? Uh, well, I think that they cooler heads have prevailed. Yeah. The first time I ever came to Minnesota, I came from New York, and I lived in Brooklyn, and I came here, I was just walking down the street, and strangers were like, hi! I'm like, fuck, what? What? What's your fucking problem? Say hi, it's a nice day. Uh-huh. Keep, moving. Keep moving, motherfucker. And... Uh, 
so the mayor and governor of Minnesota went to see the Canadian prime minister, and he decided there was no reason the prisoners should not be given bail. So bail was immediately obtained, and all the guys from Minnesota, including the center, were released. And, and they went back to Minnesota. Um, oh, Dave, mic time. Oh, which mic's bad? All right, we got like, I, it'll be like five minutes. Is anything at all? Be right. Grab that one? Okay, right, yeah, cool. All right. Um, Peeling back the curtain yep. here, guys. Yep. <laughs> that's, how the, that's how the honey's made. I'm pretty sure that's their bee vomit. Um, so, so those guys are back in Minnesota. Everyone's happy. Um, actually, of those guys, three would become uh, congressmen from Minnesota, and two would become Minnesota governors. So, that's a fucking that's a hot bunch. What were they talking about in that dungeon? In that dungeon, they were like, "Man, when we get out of here." So fucking big. I'm serious. We've done this shit. I'm just thinking about the league. So the international conflict was over, but there was still a $25,000 reward for Lord Gordon Gordon out there. And word came to New York that he was now holed up in a cottage near Toronto. So extradition papers were produced in uh, Washington, D.C., and two Toronto policemen were sent to get him. And they walked in and they found Lord Gordon Gordon asleep in his house. He looked up at them and said, quote, uh, yes, do you want me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. When you know, you know. Yeah, this looks for real. It's about time. Surprise, that lasted this long. What are we doing, frontsies or maxies? How do you want to end? So, he then asked if he could sleep longer because it wasn't noon yet. (laughs) Can I hit snooze on an arrest? Uh, the request was denied. Interesting. He was nonchalant, as was always his way. He got himself dressed and then told the officers he had forgotten his cap because it was somewhat cold outside. <laughs> Toronto police, quote, He got dressed and was all ready to go, with the exception of a scotch cap. He called for it. Oh, bloody hell. I swear I'd forget my head if it wasn't screwed on. He made sort of a rush into the bedroom to get it, where he got the revolver, I do not know. I was standing in the door within four feet of him. The next thing I saw was his turning around with his back against the wall with the revolver in hand. I made a rush toward him to prevent his shooting. I expected it was meant for myself. As I was about, about getting hold of him, the gun went off. He made some remark while holding the revolver in his hand, but I did not catch the meaning. He sank down against the wall. Just as I got a hold of him, I saw the blood coming out of his left ear. That was the first I noticed. Afterward, saw the wound in his right temple. I believe he was dying fast and was dead immediately. Just dancer in the dark to this story. I like how that guy couldn't figure out what was happening. He's like, I was pretty sure I was shot until he shot himself in the head and I saw blood. Which point I determined that was not my head, that was the other man's head. And I realized that I had not been shot, that he had taken his own life. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah. I just, I wasn't sure there for a second. Checking Which point I thought we'd both been shot. I laid down next to him, I said, uh, sweet death, your grasp is, uh, to be. I got it off. I woke up uh, about 15 minutes later. 
usually not been shot at all. Yeah. I was like, um, I was like, uh, hey, Bert, you haven't been shot. Yeah. That's a quote. And, uh, that time I put the suspect under arrest, but yeah. Bert again informed me there was no need. As Bert said, he's gone. He has passed. Yeah, I said he's gone. He's passed. It's a quote. It's a direct quote. Yeah. Then we re- then we arrested him. Yeah. At which point I thought I'd been shot again. Yeah. But uh, it was the blood from the man again. And it turned out I did not know what uh, uh, dying was. I said, Bert, you don't know what dying is. And that, again, is what I call, that's a quote. And that is absolutely a quote. Yeah. Wow, what a con man. That's quite a ride. Anyway, that's... Anyway, yeah, anyway, segue. That's just, that's just, anyway. that's just classic Minnesota. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, well, that's fun. Yeah. That was fun. That was fun. That was interesting. Um, I'm sure somebody didn't have fun, and I'm sorry. Well, the Gordon Gordons are here tonight. That's not right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, oh, wait. Uh, I'll be in uh, Albany, New York, and Austin, Texas. Go to my website, garethrowns.com. Check that out. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, This is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there.